complicated and fascinating world that invites us to dive deep into its intricacies. Exploring the ideas and events that excite, intrigue, irritate, and confound us is how we graduate our knowledge beyond meme culture. Join us over a cocktail as we expand our understanding and share in the beauty we find along the way. I'm Stephen Torna. I'm Kat Dwyer. And I'm Stephen Henning. Welcome to the Whiskey Bench. Episode 19. That's a big number. That's pretty exciting. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm into that. Yeah, totally. Um, We're going to hit episode 100 this year. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that great? Whoa, wait, what? No, I don't think we are. Am I just missing something? Oh no, you're right. Because we we do weekly. Yeah, we'd be like at, <laughs> it would be at eighty something. There you go. Oh, we're gonna have to put out some extra content. Yeah, we could be double. nice to hit a hundred this there year. There we go. We could double up. Well, you know. Yeah. We talked about our good, bad, crazy day. Yeah. Or something along those lines. Yeah. Mm, also talking about bonus episodes where we start recording maybe after like three drinks and keep drinking. Mm-hmm. That, I like those it. would make for some <laughs> yeah. fun. I like bonus. it a lot. That that energy would be fantastic. <laughs> Tweet at us if you want mm-hmm. us if you want to hear that. <laughs> that would be really fun to start uh, some sort of a consistent thing where we do like a tipsy something other. Mm. Maybe we all get tipsy and try to write solid policy <laughs> <laughs> or something. Tackle some problem. Be like hmm. Bet we can uh, okay, well, make better policy this, drunk than some of these people in office. This is idea one point Let's yes. get, let's work let's workshop this one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and see if we can get to one point one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we'll just we'll just revise early, revise often. Tipsy yes. policy. Yes. I don't even know I don't know what sober policy would sound like coming from the pen of Stephen Henning, so I would be worried <laughs> to know like, just something drunk. something Nice and simple, nice and easy, like four cocktails in, how to solve homeless problems in San Francisco. Go. Wow. I feel like we would need like a full <laughs> round table, like get like six or eight people just there to chat that one out. Yeah. It's we'll like, keep, we'll keep tossing we'll, we'll this idea yeah. around. I mean, yeah. Like, yeah. It's like, it's, it's drunk history is basically what we're doing, but as like a bonus. Episode, oh, fair. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So get get up there, keep drinking while you're talking, and then, yeah, we just got to work the See where the out. conversation goes. Yeah, I'm into it. S- see where the booze leads us. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I would probably end up drinking a lot more beer for those, just because it's way cheaper than whiskey. Way cheaper, friends. Mm-hmm. So True, but if you get some nice, affordable whiskey for cocktails, maybe you could you know start making old fashions or something. Yeah. This is fair. Yep. This is fair. See, but I'm, I'm the guy for, who like, drinks. We're going for like marathon drinking. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. true. I need gin. I, I need gin. Uh, we're drinking gin tonight. It's delicious what yes. we're drinking. Mm. It's very pretty. You know what? We're just going to dive into what we're drinking right now. Yeah. Why not? Why not? Sometimes it. it takes us like 15 minutes to get Sometimes there. Sometimes it takes <laughs> us like half an hour. <laughs> You're welcome, guys. No, no teases tonight. You just, you just. Oh, man. You just get it. Um, <laughs> we're drinking the Lady Diana. It is one ounce of gin. I did an ounce and a half. One ounce of uh, Campari. Did an ounce and a half. And two thirds an ounce of lime juice. Ounce. (laughs) And then a little bit of simple syrup. Shake it all up. Strain it into your preferred glass. 
and uh, enjoy. Dang it, Steven. I was expecting you to be like a little bit of simple syrup. I did a lot. Like, I was waiting for the <laughs> one up on that. No, that'd be well. worse. <laughs> I actually cut back on the sugar. Yay! <laughs> Good job. Of course you did. I mean, yeah, it's lime c- juice, so you can't really go wrong there, though. No. And the Campari? Oh, that's delicious. It's so good. What's it, no what's it called? Yes. Say it again. It's called the Lady Diana. Lady Diana. What's the um, history behind the name there? I literally have no <laughs> I was, I've been citing all week, and all week I've been like, oh my gosh, I got so much going on. I need to prep for Whiskey Bench every day. And then today I was like, oh my gosh, it's tonight. I need a cocktail. And so I'm flipping through my book. Don't have this ingredient. Don't have this ingredient. I was like, I saw one that I really wanted to make, but I was short one ingredient, orange juice. Mm. And so I found this. And I was like, this is perfect. I like Campari. Cat likes Campari. Mm-hmm. I like gin. Cat likes gin. Mm-hmm. I got all the ingredients. Mm-hmm. Hot damn. It's Beautiful. official. Lady Diana is blessing us this evening. She sure is. Lovely. I have my, mister, mi- ugh, I have my mistress, Lafroig. On the table today. Lafroig <laughs> ah, just doesn't sound like a mistress name. No, nah. but that is your mistress, isn't it? <laughs> it is a little bit. Lagavulin is right? like my steady Lagavulin's- gal. And <laughs> You're right. And oh, this- is the mistress. Yeah. That's kind of, yeah. yeah. Lagavulin's the main bee. It sure is. Then, yeah. yeah. You got some chicks on the side. Wow. This, that's, it's a weird analogy for sure, but I think it tracks a little. <laughs> this is very fair. Um, Steven, yeah. is there a website where... You can just like type in the few ingredients you have for a cocktail and then it just like an index search that gives you all the mm. cocktails available. That is a great if not, question. TM, TM, TM. Make- this is my idea. We'll make it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that could that'd be a great app. Well, how cool would it be to be able to log all of the ingredients, not just a few of them, right? Mm-hmm. Not like I have gin and and lemon and yada 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 but you can actually like log your liquor collection yeah and it filters all of the drinks yeah almost like goodreads like you you can set up Mm. your shelf with what bottles you have and then future whiskey bench app. there you go and then the app can just tell you (laughs) like like hey you have ingredients for this cocktail Mm -hmm. that you could filter by like i've never tried this cocktail before versus like you can favorite a recipe you like Ooh, I'm into this idea. Let's make this. Yeah, that's actually really cool. This is that, that would be useful. Write that down. Dang. Um, <laughs> jot, jot that down. Jot real that quick. down. <laughs> and again, verbal trademark. That's my idea. Yes. Yeah, I believe. I believe. <laughs> isn't that? Uh, I wonder if that's legally binding in Montana. That's a good question. I know legal contracts um, are legal. Or verbal contracts are legally binding in Montana. Hard to prove, but unless you're recording it on a podcast, unless you're recording it, we're recording it. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. The whole premise of our conversation is that it's recorded. Um. So, Lady Diana, Mistress Lefroig, what's up, fam? I like Cat. You texted me something about the the uh, U.S. diplomats in China. What was going on there? I don't know. Some COVID-related anal probing? Yeah, I just thought you guys would appreciate that little fun tidbit. Because we mentioned it, uh, Torna and I mentioned Mm -hmm. that in our Good, the Bad, and the Crazy episode um, that Henning, you unfortunately weren't a part of. We had mentioned 
that China was implementing COVID anal swab That's testing. That's right. Correct. Wow. And we joked that we hoped it wouldn't make its way to the U.S. and we were, Fauci we were like, wouldn't adopt it. But um, I was like, I, I, I would hope that the American people would put their foot down. Yeah. Well, like enough is enough. <laughs> yeah. Put their well, foot and they down did, and pull their pants because, up. Hey. Yeah. 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 yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess the uh, CCP was like forcing U.S. diplomats basically to. Wow received mm. covid testing that way and i don't know how frequently but like i mean i would imagine diplomats are probably getting tested pretty regularly and so they complained and Leave the it. state department said like you can't yeah like, no. you can't <laughs> you can't subject our people to this anymore yeah. so they they, they stopped <laughs> huh. so for some reason i didn't remember that you guys talked about that that was the that was the episode where i came back <laughs> and talked about PETA a lot but for some reason, yes. I didn't remember right. that. So I saw your text today and I was like, in what <laughs> context are we talking about this? I was so confused. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. The exact text was uh, kind of out of the blue. <laughs> Apparently, the CCP has been administering anal swab COVID tests to U.S. diplomats in China. Lol. And the U.S. State Department finally put the kibosh on the practice. You know. Kind of like out of left field, but yeah. I get it. <laughs> it was me me catching up on the news this morning right. in my office. Oh, and I, I yeah. thought you guys. Closing right. all these loops that we've created. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. This is yeah, the hard-hitting yeah. reporting that we expect from you, Kat. So thank you for bringing yes. this to our attention. Oh, I got on. I got on Twitter for five minutes like today, and I, there's so much just stuff going on. I I can't. <laughs> I'm just flipping. I'm like, why is why is this in my feed? Why is this happening? Why? What the? Okay, and and just I had to. I had to. Exit on out. What circles of Twitter are you surfing that it that's stressing you out like that today? Not stressing me out, but just like weird stuff that shouldn't be news. Mm. Stupid potato head. That's one fake of them. controversy. <laughs> yeah. Who gives a shit? <laughs> I saw your funny tweet heading. No, did you <laughs> tweet about like, it? I hate that that's even a topic of conversation. I sure yeah. did. I saw a really a really good one that was uh like they had doctored an image of Tucker Carlson ranting about it. And they just changed the headline <laughs> and basically said, like, <laughs> something along the lines of Mr. Coffee, like Mr. Coffee Machines having penises. And I just, <laughs> <laughs> it was so, I was like, whoa, what is the root of this? Turned into a weird meme. But yeah, apparently, uh, was it Hasbro is <laughs> removing the Mr. and Mrs. from their potato head toys and now they're just like right. genderless. So, I, I didn't look at this into much detail. All I know about Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head is that it is part of the Toy Story IP. Right. Okay. Yep. They're characters that are written into an IP. Whatever. Obviously. I think they existed before that. Oh, maybe so. Yeah, right. Maybe. They're just they're, like they're, featured they're, in Toy Story. Yeah. I don't know why there's anything wrong with having a Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head and then maybe add another Potato Head character. Mm. Unless they're just giving you all the pieces. But, like, at some point, it's, like, it's a toy, and the only, like, phenotypes that would determine, like, what sex it is, in quotes, would be, like, the mustache or, like, the lipstick. 
Uh, which yeah, is, I mean, right? it's which nonsensical. Is so normative it's just a, it, that we can't handle right, it's it. This, exactly. It's this like obnoxious virtue signaling like thing that has consumed our public discourse. Yeah. It's Man, obnoxious. This is, this is one of those things where you, like you look at all the recreations of movies that Disney's done. You look at modifications of toys and just like remakes of old got Ninja Turtles that came back and you've got, you know, just like, come on, make something new. Do your own thing. I don't have time for this. Why are we talking about Mr. Potato Head? Yeah, let's not. What am I going to call it now? Just Potato Potato. Head? Potato Head. Is that what it is? And it's like. Call it Ken Doll Potato because now it has no dick. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It didn't before. No genitals. My potato toy doesn't have genitals. What will I do? The only thing. (laughs) <laughs> that Mrs. and Mr. Potato Head had was that big old dump truck butt. Oh. That opened on up and you could store all the pieces in it. That's true. <laughs> That's true. So, yeah. I don't think I've ever actually seen a potato head in real life. Mm, yeah. I'm pretty sure it happens. Well, in the, cool the Atlantic, movie. along the same lines, the Atlantic had an article that I came across today uh, about just throwing the idea out there that the expression using the word guys casually to sort of address both genders oh, yeah. is offensive mm-hmm. and that we should retire the word. So I've this heard is that. just, that's not I mean, new this to is the just Atlantic. a trend yeah. that's, oh, well, okay, yeah. That was just the first time I came across it was in that article today. Mm, but mm-hmm. yeah, anyway, that's just a trend that is making its Man, people you know, are getting way through really every bored. corner of our lives. Yeah. Hey, just, you know, we can't we can't acknowledge genocide happening in China. Yeah. Like that's you know maybe going too far, but yeah. you know, but we're gonna spend our time worrying about what the fuck a potato head is. <laughs> what it's worry about uh, what the fuck anyway. Mister and Missus Potato Head do in the bedroom. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, but now like, you can't even like how much you can't even call Mister and Missus Potato Head anymore. That's no, not right. what they're going to be. Offensive. They're just them. Just call Y'all better start just, hoarding the OG potato heads. So is the term breastfeeding. That's offensive, too, That apparently. is true. So, yes. you know, I mean, this is wow. like... It does not make sense. It's silly. What and do they, what I, do they I, say? The British... Uh, it was. It's in Britain that they were pushing this, and they're like, call it chest, chest, chest feeding? Chest feeding. Chest feeding. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Oh, my God. You know just, what's a really good gender-neutral, like plural pronoun that we should just bring back full force into every day is y'all just that's what the that's what the what the atlantic article was was suggesting was uh, it really teachers replace they one teacher that the journalist spoke with said that she's been encouraging her students to use y'all instead of guys Hmm. which i thought that that would be deemed racist because it's associated with like Southerners, or I don't know. <laughs> I was right, kind of, right. I like, heard that and thought, hmm, that's kind of trigger derogatory something. towards Southern. I like it. I don't slang. I, y'all, I use y'all on it's occasion. It's so fun yeah. to say. It looks even. It looks good on text. Even I don't know. I'm into it. How do you spell y'all? Y apostrophe a l l. There you go. Y'all. Yeah. You all. You all. Look at that. Y'all. No gender. Oh. Yeah. Step in it. I don't know. It's just. We're going to tie ourselves in knots, and I think there's going to be a resurgence at some point where people start to want to celebrate the inherent differences and the uniqueness of every individual instead of trying to lump us into a gender-neutral thing. Mm. Yeah. But 
But in the meantime, my potato toys have lost. <laughs> yeah. That's in the bummer. meantime. Oops. So yeah, Mr. Potato Head's freaking trending. Yeah, so let's wanna, not give it any more hey, life. <laughs> hey, you want to talk about so like you know how life. movies talk and like plan for. I think uh the Phantom Menace, Star Wars the Phantom Menace is famous for being mm-hmm. there was more work putting into the merchant like put into the merchandising of all the toys and the games that came yeah. out of it than went into the movie, which is pretty obvious, mm-hmm. right? When you watch the movie. Yeah. You want to talk about a but genius also- marketing plan, Toy Story. Come on, like mm-hmm. literally every character can be merchandise already. Well played, That's Pixar. True. Well played. Because even if Honestly. even if the potato heads were toys before Toy Story, now everyone wants them because they were characters in their new favorite animated film. And I bet they're branded Toy Story as well. Yeah, I bet they are now. But it, like, if they existed beforehand, but I mean, like right. Buzz Lightyear, like Woody, toy, like I'm pretty sure. Those are just mm-hmm. ubiquitous. Like those are famous, iconic toys now. Uh, who's the the cool the cool evil Zerg. character? Zerg, Zerg, yeah, Zerg, dude with the Nerf blaster. Hell yeah. yeah, I liked Zerg. He was my favorite villain. He's man. If <laughs> you know why I like him, I think he reminds me of Sauron from the Lord of the Rings. Before yeah, he's honestly, the eye, right? Bit. Like he's this just a big yeah. towering ominous. But he's also like really funny in Toy Story. Two. He's funny. That's the that's the thing. So anyway, there's my Toy Story rant. <laughs> Who's <you> next? <laughs> Anything else of value? No. In headlines this week? No. <laughs> I don't know. Biden just um, gave clearance for drone strikes in Syria. Was that right today? Yep. Oh. Missed that one. That's kind of big. Is it? I mean, I'm not surprised. We had I talked mean, about this. Like... <laughs> I, I, I was going to give him a year before There's... he started a war, but, you know. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Cat, I just, like, <laughs> spit take whiskey. Dang it. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I guess I'm in a cynical Is mood it? tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Is it? Uh, yeah, me too. Wow. <laughs> uh, That's solid. Oh, Good work. Oh, man. So I was curious where you guys wanted to start. I know uh, we had said in our group chat that we actually might want to extend the conversation about Bozeman from our last episode mm-hmm. and just kind of talk about like what the economics in Bozeman are like right now and just kind of discuss. So where where do we uh, want to pick that up? Well, I was thinking, Henning, you know, you just signed, right, to purchase your first oh, home. So you probably have yeah. some unique insight mm. into what that experience has been and i think the wildly hot housing market here is Mm -hmm. probably the main indicator of the growth that's happening in our communities Mm -hmm. right now across the state so yeah why don't you uh share some of your experience wildly hot is right like it was a question of so we are under contract right now with a nice uh condominium here in billings in a wonderful part of town actually torna it's up by rocky actually like kind of like rim rock area that mm. we're just absolutely psyched on. I was going to be like, ooh, where is it at? But don't dox no. yourself. <laughs> I know. I was, just, I, I was like, I'd be like, what's the address? I want to no, look no, it up. No. I won't do that to you. No, 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 no. <laughs> so that's going to be me someday. I'm going to be like, 
dang it, I doxed myself. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Gotta <laughs> move. Oops. Wouldn't it be funny if I was just ready with like a P.O. box number? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but yeah, uh, so Wildly Hot is correct even here in Billings. Like it was a question of like we walked through it. We really liked it, especially compared to the the holes of houses we had toured earlier that day. Fam, we mm-hmm. went into a house that apparently was not running the heat at all through the last cold snap. Like, it's been Uh vacant for so long. It was colder inside the house than it was outside the house, (laughs) and outside the house was 34 degrees. Yeah. Uh, You know what that sounds like? Uh, Frozen pipes and sewer leakages and all sorts of nasty, nasty things that you don't want to deal with. And so, like, literally walking through the front door, the cold hit us first, like, you could immediately see your breath, which you couldn't outside. And mm-hmm. oh, no. just a righteous Oof. natural gas smell. And we were like, nope, 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 <laughs> nope. And just turned immediately around. <laughs> oh, man. That's so that was good. the experience. But yeah, we went to this place and we, we really liked it, this condo. And it was literally like our realtor was like, if you guys want to make an offer, we should probably make an offer within the next 24 hours. And uh, wow. Yikes. Like what a. Like, that's a big decision to make. I mean, I know we were shopping, so we were already, like, three quarters of the way there to make the decision, but, yeah, hot market is correct. Now, luckily, mm-hmm. the timing of everything, like, they had just relisted after a contract that had expired, so we were the first ones in, we made the first offer, and no competing offer came in, and the seller didn't want to negotiate at all, so we, like... Oh, that's awesome. We went straight into it with what we offered. But yeah, the the timing of it was something that the realtor stressed very, very much because she's seen houses disappear within like a couple hours. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if I can offer much insight beyond that, beyond, I don't know, I've just been watching the market here in Billings for quite a while and that is very much the case. Like if you like the place, you kind of need to see it as soon as you see it. Uh, like pop up online you need to go tour it and decide if you want to offer because it's going to be contingent in like 12 to 24 hours yep i mean so many of the houses are just bought sight unseen Mm -hmm. yeah that's the other thing out here word right purchased sight unseen the sight unseen thing is the (laughs) weird the weird part like i i don't know if that's happening much in billings but i've heard a lot Mm -hmm. of that happening in bozeman Yes, yeah. all the time. Yikes. And I think that in particular accelerated um, after COVID and lockdowns and civil unrest sort of took their toll on major cities. I think that oh, yeah. trend of people just mm-hmm. like getting the hell out and buying things without even coming out here or knowing anything about the area or what our winners are like. Right. That sort of accelerated after after COVID. People buying multiple houses just last fall i was doing some work in livingston and uh the guy i was doing work for does design and uh so he works with a lot of clients designing houses but he said that someone in the valley bought four houses in livingston gosh cash sight unseen holy crap and where was he from uh not montana no i think it was from california yeah just came in and they were like well, we just thought we'd buy as many houses as we could. 
And then we'll figure out if we want to rent them or, or whatnot. <laughs> yeah. I was like, imagine buying four houses cash. Yeah. Sight unseen. Let's start with imagine buying probably, one house They probably house sold cash. their condo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Wow. Which is pretty cool. I don't know. There's a lot of cash deals in, in Bozeman. Oh, totally. I mean, just now I'm working on a place that is a cash deal and it's got to be probably close to two million. Wow. Yeah. I used to work at a bank many, 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 many moons ago. And every now and then you'd have someone come in. Mm-hmm. They'd be buying like a Maserati and they'd take out like <laughs> however much fucking cash. $180,000. Yeah, and you're just like, you know, you have to like bring out the counting machine to count yeah. it all. It's a lot. It's a flex. They like get a bag. They like get like a leather bag. <laughs> they don't even get an envelope. <laughs> it's like, here, here's a briefcase. Custom from the bank. So what's what's it like? What What has been the impact that you two have felt directly, if any, from like this influx of... uh of real estate and just, I guess, just population growth, maybe? Or are they even moved here yet? Like, they just own the place and it's vacant still. Oh, they've moved No, here. there's a lot of people moving in. Honestly, and it'll be interesting to hear what your take is on this. It's, I don't feel like Bozeman is more busy than it was like three years ago. But I know for a fact that there are thousands of more people. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting. Um, maybe it's because uh, the university is operating not at full capacity. I don't think everyone's back in school full time. A lot of it's online. That that could be what's counterbalancing that feel. You don't have twelve thousand students driving around all the time. I have, I'm just shooting here from the hip. I, I've got no idea if any of this is grounded in reality. This is how I'm perceiving it. But like I said, I know there's a lot of people coming into Bozeman, and it, and you can see it in the construction industry. I mean, thousands of houses are planned to be constructed all throughout Bozeman. Multiple subdivisions that are planning 600-plus houses um, all over the place as far as Belgrade. Got hundreds of houses going in, Three Forks, which is like 40 minutes from Bozeman. And the most of the houses are bought out before they're built, so... There's definitely, you know, plenty of stuff going on. As far as how it's affected me, like before we moved into this place, seems to be, um, it's hard to find nice two-bedroom apartments, two-bedroom houses to rent. Rental, I don't know how it's affected. Rental prices, definitely gone up, but Bozeman's already always been fairly expensive a little bit i've researched this it sounds like um housing prices have totally obviously skyrocketed right. um our housing costs are eight percent higher than the national average mm-hmm. um which says something and yeah in 2020 actually just within one month in 2020 from july to august the median price of a single family home in gallatin county Jumped from four hundred eighty-seven thousand to over five hundred seventy-five thousand. I did not realize that it went up that much. That's, it's a pretty big jump. Yeah. But what I've my understanding is that um, rental prices are sort of lagging because most people are locked into a Correct. longer contract, so mm-hmm. we might not see like the impact of that for a while. But yeah, apparently it's like I'm so grateful that I'm locked into a place mm-hmm. that I like because apparently it, there's there's really not much supply left. Because everyone's going the vacation rental route. 
all these homes are being purchased. And if people are renting them, they're renting them as vacation homes. Exactly. They can get more money. Yep. You're definitely seeing it with people trying to buy property. Been talking to a couple realtors, doing some work with them. And, you know, they've got 30, 40 clients trying to buy houses and they have two people selling houses right now. Jeez. Mostly from out of state. Yeah. And, you know, people are either holding on to what they have or everything's already been bought up. It's to a point now where in one article I was reading that I think it was in the Bozeman Chronicle, they interviewed this gal who said that she's wants to sell her home, mm-hmm. but she's reluctant to because she hasn't found anything else to buy. Right. And if she sells it, she's like, I literally will be, I won't have anywhere to go because yep. there's nothing to purchase. So she's just like staying put because mm, there's no option, yeah. which really says something about the market here. Yeah. So, yeah. It's crazy. It's interesting that you haven't seen, you don't feel like you've noticed a change. I feel like just in the time, you know, I've only been, it'll be two years at the end of May that I've been here. And I feel like this last year, the town just feels busier. Mm, Maybe that's it. I just don't really do, I don't do anything in Bozeman. And most of the time I'm driving out Belgrade, Manhattan, working. Right. So my actual time spent like around Bozeman driving around is... Definitely not limited or definitely not uh, during normal operating hours. Yeah. So that, I mean, I definitely have a skewed perspective. Yeah. Like going up 19th or like going to Costco, it mm-hmm. feels, it just feels busier. It feels crowded, cr- right. more crowded, crowd, well, crowdier. I mean, yes. And that makes sense because I mean, it's definitely, definitely true on paper. Yeah. And I feel like, and maybe I'm reading into this because I'm jaded because I'm from California and I'm like really scared of beautiful quaint bozeman being changed but i feel like i'm already noticing the culture changing Mm -hmm. like when you're walking around downtown i was so i had my my best buddy alicia came to visit me at the end of the summer or like early fall and uh we obviously had a ton of tourists in town over the summer and i was sort of anticipating them leaving at some point and then fall came and then winter came and all the foreign, you know, out of state license plates were still around town. And you realize, oh, these people have relocated and they're yes. here now. But I felt like even when I had my friend here, I was so I had told her all about the town and my experience. And I was so excited for her to see it. And she loved it, of course. Um, but I feel like walking around downtown. It just. From my perspective, like there wasn't that stark of a difference from from back home in California Mm -hmm. and it kind of broke my heart because I remember when I moved here it felt like a really stark difference and and then when my buddy was here it was just like you know I don't know you could have been in Los Gatos or something like in a bougie little place in California Mm. you know wow yeah I don't know I just feel like it's changing that's why everyone calls it Bos Angeles I know (laughs) I know everyone and there's perks to that right like we have great food (laughs) maybe it's just again around me and Oh, that's common. Our uh, our group of people. <laughs> well, though, actually, the um, so the Washington Post and the New York Times have done a couple like exposés mm-hmm. on the housing market here and the growth, especially post COVID, oh. and and both of the articles I was rereading them this week. Both of them reference Los Angeles. Oh, okay, wow. yeah. Uh, a few months ago, uh, Stapleton on his podcast mentioned Bozeman. I'm yeah. like, oh, y'all are talking about oh, Bozeman and Montana. 
get out of here. Yeah, they were talking about like, yeah, everyone's hating these lockdown cities, so like move somewhere nice. And they're like, we heard that Bozeman's nice. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like, no, oh don't go gosh. here. What? <laughs> so I, I see the problem as like, it's a real conundrum mm-hmm. because the growth is happening. I don't think that there's a practical or economical or even like humane way to stop the growth. And I think the only way to to make sure that people can have sort of a, a reasonable standard of living here is to embrace the growth and like and build, you mm-hmm. know, to accommodate it. Oh yeah. However, the catch twenty two of that is the things that make this place so special in particular the wildlife and how accessible that is and how like interwoven it is into living here that can't coexist really with no growth in that way one of the big problems is the people that are doing city planning and and such in bozeman know that it's growing but are really reluctant to allow consolidated building. They don't want people to build up. Yeah. They don't want tall buildings. And for me, I'm like, I think up is better than it's out. It's way better. I think it's yeah. foolish to to do otherwise. Yeah. You're gonna end up with a green belt. I mean, if have, we're talking about habitat, like mm-hmm. go up so we can have a, you know, not such a wide footprint. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And so I'm like, Bozeman needs to go up we need bigger buildings and you know bozeman's also headed towards this point where the infrastructure that has been put in place is at its absolute limit so we will not be able to build any more houses mm-hmm. until there's more sewer plants power is addressed so we're going to reach a point where we physically aren't able to build any more houses until we do some big infrastructure updates yeah. or additions. And water is going to be an issue too. Water is right? going to be an issue. Yeah. Um, there's plenty of water. It's just getting at places and, and all of that. So that'll be an interesting thing to see. You know, right now in the market, we need people to come in and do development. I, I don't have the capital. I wish I could be doing it right now. I don't think there's but a handful of lots available anywhere in the area. They're all bought up with plans of, of building Mm -hmm. so bozeman's kind of at a point where even though there's tons of houses being built it's kind of at a it's reached kind of a cap Mm. so unless some people start buying up farmland and and developing it that's where we're going to meet meet a kind of a a halt here which that's an interesting topic you know talking to a lot of farmers they've been farming here for a long time but the nice thing is is they can sell you know their very small farm five thousand acres in the valley for you know 20 million dollars yeah and they can quadruple the size of their farm somewhere else in montana and go buy more land and yeah yada 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 so some people are reluctant to it because it you know there's a, a heritage element to it and other people embrace it they say you know what this is actually great we can go somewhere ro- more remote somewhere else in montana like i said get massive plots of land do more farming hmm. that's interesting that you've had that experience because Perk, the group I work for, has mm-hmm. been, um, we've been working with ranchers in Paradise Valley and like. Paradise Valley is different though. It is different. Um, I'm talking about in the valley here. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. That that would make a difference. But yeah, but they're very, 
uh, they don't want to sell and they don't right. want to change their lifestyle. Right. But it's just becoming completely unsustainable for a variety of factors. And, and, and having that pressure of, of a developer knocking at your door when like you're, it, you're already struggling to like make your ranching operation profitable. Like that's mm-hmm. a lot of them are going to sell and we're trying to help them figure out ways to sort of leverage like market tools to compensate them for the wildlife habitat they provide because it's a huge cost for them Mm -hmm. and so there is a lot of pressure to just sell um but when that happens and i think it's not even a matter of preventing it honestly i think it is going to happen at some point like that is going to seriously disrupt a lot of really critical migration corridors and that's part of what makes this place so special we're a part of the greater yellowstone ecosystem which is sort of Amongst like ecologists and and people who study and conservationists and people who study this stuff, like it's world renowned because it's intact and it's one of the few mm-hmm. places that is intact in that way. And it's I think I don't know I think it's slowly just going to be subdivided and it'll change. And yeah, I don't I don't know how to stem that tide. If you like what you're hearing, the best way to tell us about it would be on Apple Podcasts or on facebook.com slash whiskeybenchpod for Android users. There you can leave us a five-star rating and a one or two sentence review to help others find the show. Thank you to Reagan James for the use of our theme music, The Habit, off her album, Message. Find her work on Spotify and Apple Music. Yeah, it's an interesting thing. I don't think it's going to change. People are going to keep coming here. You know, it's easy for me, and I joke about it a lot, and in every joke there's a hint of truth. You know, people are like, oh, damn Californians are, you know, (laughs) coming here with their money and buying up property, yada, yada, yada. But I mean, at the end of the day, I I see it as a great good. The amount of resources that those kind of people bring into the state is massive. They're bringing business here. It's going to make my business grow. I mean, Bozeman right now is in such a demand for workers. It's, It's insane. I mean... I know there's a huge shortage of ciders for for siding jobs. There's a huge sh- shortage for um, remediation. There's shortages for all sorts of construction elements of building, and it's just going to get worse and worse. And so it's a great opportunity for people in Bozeman who feel like they're being pushed out of the mar- out of the market to actually find a lot of opportunity. Um, I was just talking about this with someone a young guy that I'm working with right now. Um, shout out to you, Cody. I'm doing a job with him right now. He listens. You know, we're, we're young guys. We're, we're new into the, into the building world and we kind of want to build our little empire. But we're like, man, you know, there's all these people in Bozeman that complain about it being expensive and that they can't make a living. And, and I, I think there's so much opportunity in this valley that you really, there's no, I don't really have any pity for someone complaining that they don't have money. There's plenty of work and opportunity around. Like, you can, you can make it happen. There's so much going on right now. I'm like, if you're without a job in Bozeman, like, it's something you're doing something wrong because people are begging to to hire people. Apparently, even in the service industry too now. Yep, service now industry, building, everything. Opening. It's like, yeah, people, everyone are is like clawing to find employees. So I'm like, yeah, there's a lot of opportunity. Then right now in Bozeman, you know, this was just recently. 
brought up probably in the Bozeman Chronicle and, and elsewhere. The concern about affordable housing in Bozeman and, you know, right now developments requiring that 10% of houses being built are, in quote, affordable housing. And I think they're trying to remove that limitation. And so that's an interesting topic that's going to be in the forefront shortly. Trying to balance that. Um, I don't think anyone should be compelled to have to build affordable housing. Yeah, because unfortunately that doesn't. I mean, maybe there's, I, I, I don't know enough to mm-hmm. have a definitive answer, but um, the little I do know, that often just discourages the project from happening at all. Oh, yeah. You know, because sure. it, they can't afford it. You know, they, right. they're they going to need to make money back on their investment. But there is. And, and frankly, there's a lot of builders that only build high-end housing and they're developing communities that it would be not appropriate to have affordable housing in those communities. like. You know, it's the way the world is. There's communities all around Bozeman where I don't think there's a house in the community that's less than a few million dollars. Well, yeah. Then and do, then, they, do, do they have to do, you know, development somewhere else to make sure they have enough affordable housing well, so, to meet the quota? Like, Right, right. Um, there are a few projects underway right mm-hmm. now in Bozeman and the surrounding area that are focused on building affordable housing. Mm-hmm. One is a group i think they're seattle based if i'm remembering correctly they're called gmd development and they're working with hrdc to build which is a a non-profit that helps like provide shelter to homeless folks Mm -hmm. and people sort of in transition here in bozeman and those so that non-profit and then the builder are working together to build um affordable housing in the area so there was obviously some sort of financial incentive for them the city also apparently the Bozeman City Commission approved a seven hundred forty thousand dollar grant to basically subsidize a developer to build affordable housing. Okay, so there's efforts underway to ensure sure. that 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 stuff is built. Um, yeah, I so. tend to think that. Well, maybe not the case actually, but I tend to think that to do affordable housing, you need to have someone that's their forte is affordable housing. I don't think. Yeah, it sounds like that. Every builder is, group is equipped or capable of building affordable housing that's acceptable. I mean, a lot of affordable housing is a disgrace to building, <laughs> which is a bummer, right? So it, it'll be interesting to see. But it, it is true. I mean, as Bozeman grows and at the rate it's growing, it's definitely going to push a lot of people out. I know for me, like right now, you know, wanting to buy property, I, I just don't think that it's at all feasible for me. So I'm I'm shifting my focus into starting another business and try to make money with the boom coming up and then just postpone buying something. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah, I'd rather be making money in real estate. That's not going to happen right now. But there's an opportunity to start a business and fill some needs in Bozeman. So let's go that route instead and then just postpone the plan maybe the market will i don't care if the market continues to to go up like i'd just like to see maybe a like a slowdown because like at the rate it's growing right now it's, it's kind of wild yeah it's like doubled, doubled think, in nine months yeah i think it's uh, well yeah <laughs> yep 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 i'm waiting for a downturn it, i mean it's, it's kind of become ridiculous honestly the housing in bozeman there's always houses you can buy but as far as buying property 
A quarter acre in Bozeman right now is like $350,000 for a quarter acre. That's wild. And less than a year ago, those same acres, acreage, I think we're going for like between 100 and 120. Wow. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm already thinking like I want to probably leave Bozeman in the next few years and uh-huh. be, I love Montana and I think yeah. I'd like to stay here, but I want to find like a smaller community to invest in that will grow, you know, and I'll right. probably make money on that investment over like a decade because it'll get bigger and everything will appreciate. But yeah, I don't, it's wild. Here, here's a thought and Henning, you, you'll probably have some unique insight perhaps on, on this question, but, um, there's a hilarious satirical, uh, meme page on instagram <laughs> called hipsters of bozeman yes highly recommend it even if you're not from bozeman or familiar with it it's hilarious um and the kid who runs it actually is he's quite a good writer and you can tell he's well read because his references are great mm-hmm. um but he posted this this thing the other day posing this theory that the growth we're experiencing in bozeman and the gentrification is equivalent to like a modern colonialism Mm. and that and that the gentrification that like white people in bozeman are experiencing and like the frustration that locals are feeling with this influx of wealthy californians etc moving here and buying everything up and driving up prices that that's like a window into the colonial experience and that we should somehow he didn't propose a solution, but but he but he threw out that like in my mind like pretty yeah, fucking wild theory. Yeah, yeah. Huh. So, do you guys have any thoughts on that? <laughs> I have thoughts, but I won't uh, wait to share them. Yeah, I've actually been reading a bunch about colonialization and and geopolitics recently, so I've got an interesting, I've got my own interesting thoughts on uh, on that. But uh, I mean, I I. I'd like to read the post. I mean, I know it's a satire. Page. I don't think he was being satirical in that moment. Well, though. maybe not. Okay. Uh, but it didn't feel like it. I just but. don't see it as a bad thing per se. I think it's not just good or bad. There's, it's a very complex system. Sure. Right. And, and as more people come here and it grows, there's going to be immense good. And I think that the good will outweigh the bad. But there's going to be like difficult decisions that are going to be made on a city planning level and uh, trying to manage population and, well, not even manage population, but like you said, affordable housing and everything else that comes up with it. I, I hope that it doesn't lead to the more strict forms of governance where, you know, the city of Bozeman starts outlawing like Airbnb and VRBO, which I years now they've been wanting to just ban it outright being like, no, it's the homeowner like shouldn't do that. Like, cause it takes away from like local hotels making money. If you Airbnb your property or whatever. Right. Yeah. I'm like, okay. Why? Like yeah. <laughs> like, why do I care about the hotel yeah. either? Yeah. And then, you know, we were climbing a couple of years ago and talking to someone that did city planning that we had just randomly met from Bozeman. They were trying to like, you know, really restrict uh, Airbnb and VRBO and specifically 
like dictate what they can do and, and things like that. And her argument specifically was like, it's your right to know what your neighbor's up to. <laughs> That's I, I literally looked at her like with big eyes. I didn't say anything, but I was just what? like, uh, no, no, it doesn't. They're like, you know, they should know like why there's, you know, a weird car parked on the street and things like that. Hmm. Like, no, it's none of their damn business. Like, you're well, not doing anything illegal, then. <laughs> well, this is where the nanny state once again is yeah. like actually interfering with the people that they want to help because right. services like that create competition. And it drives down prices and it creates a better product or service to mm-hmm. people, to consumers. So, so I can so anyways, I can see a world in which that starts to happen more in Bozeman because there are going to be a lot of people buying investment properties here and there'll be rentals, there'll be VRBOs, there'll be vacation homes. So instead of maybe trying to find a unique solution, they might just veer towards restrictions. That would be suboptimal. I hope they don't because if we yeah. start re- creating like zoning laws that make it difficult to build, mm-hmm. like if they, if they yeah. in an effort to ensure that there's more f- affordable housing, they start restricting building, it will just lead to a shortage of housing. That's exactly what happened in California. And it's then prices has go up. everywhere. Yeah. So like hopefully yeah. they don't do that. But Henning, what are your thoughts on this idea that like gentrification equals colonialism? And yeah, what, oh, what are your thoughts? Um, <laughs> it's a hot take. I, it's <laughs> certainly a hot take. I can see some of the parallels. I don't know. So let's let's just talk out loud about what we understand colonialism to be. Like right. So like if you take an example, America is a perfect example. People wanting to craft a new life for themselves, like will like pioneer themselves out well i don't know if that's a great example mm-hmm. well gosh it that is i don't think that is actually no. yeah i don't think it is i think i think it's a little different i've been thinking about yeah, you this gotta go bit, earlier and, than that well not even necessarily or in my mind like the brits going to india yeah. for example and like building infrastructure mm-hmm. and sort of implementing like their understanding of how a society mm-hmm. should work. Right. And exploiting the population for labor and and sort of like it's not as if they went there and like settled it and sure. relocated. You know what I mean? I don't know. The, to me there's a difference. And 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 instead it was more like a like it was more of a a business arrangement really, right? Like they mm-hmm. used labor and they extracted resources, but they were funneling that return back to the homeland sure yeah rather I mean, than it seemed i guess it was more of an organized effort than just people fleeing one continent and coming to another and mm-hmm. kind of in an unorganized fashion like establishing a culture and a community and spreading it yeah i mean colonization has been historically i mean just basically expanding your reign i mean or the reach of your empire Mm -hmm. i mean japan china europe america africa like all these continents for millennia have been doing in quote colonizing and any campaign that results in like you said funneling resources from somewhere else and expanding the reach of your like sovereignty is is a form of it so and we definitely colonized like the philippines for a period of time yeah right yeah and, like, exactly 
parts of Central America for well, a period and of like time. The, even Virgin Islands and Hawaii and right and yeah, sure, um, yeah. I think those are more clear examples of colonialism. Cuba by proxy because of Puerto Rico. So, but like what you gain like from in, all sorts so of the, the British with India, like what they gain by imports, mm-hmm. like the 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 spice trade, the tea trade. I think maybe what this this memer is probably going for, which I'm probably sympathetic to, is just you got to be careful of what you're exporting at the same time, even though you might not be meaning to. You know, like cultural values are being exported from California to Bozeman as we speak because of mm-hmm. because of that. Right. It's not mm-hmm. just money that's showing up. So like True. paying attention yep. to, OK, this this locality like operated for this long and then someone just moved in and things drastically changed. And like you guys are already voicing like locals frustration. And I think maybe at a much, much larger scale, you could probably have the same conversation about native and indigenous people in in the Americas Mm -hmm. as we colonized and just kind of like exercised our manifest destiny on the fucking West, you know, like as, as sure. Yeah. So I can, I can hear that. But then, but I start to think about it and I, and my question is like, where do you draw the line of, because I think sort of the, the history of not even just humans, but most creatures, but humans in this conversation has been one of, it's been a story of migration, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. And so like, where do you draw the line of, that this one specific region of land belongs to these specific people and anybody moving yeah. there after what period of time is no longer isn't valid you know and i think certainly with like the bozeman example like i personally think it's a total fucking stretch to say that like <laughs> that like anybody immigrating here from out yeah. of state somehow is stealing right. land or houses that should have gone to mm-hmm. certain people because they happen to be born in this area yeah because like, we have i mean we have terms for immigration that's different but i mean like sure if that's all that's happening i think maybe the other commentary he's trying to do is like what's what's the uh typical demographic makeup of people coming to bozeman right now you know like several economic indicators would indicate whoa what a redundant sentence that was <laughs> uh, several indicators would would have something to say about like communities of color and like minority communities experiencing more disparity in in their mm-hmm. in their own income so like if it's just the people who are able to move and have the means some of that commentary i think is probably like do you notice that they're all white people and maybe we have something else to talk about which I know is mm. opening a, a huge can <laughs> right at the end of the episode. But like I can hear that a little bit too, just because like mobility across our country and even mobility around around the world, like for Americans has been pretty easy on the whole, but then you like mm-hmm. which Americans is the question. Like what what's the makeup of the most mobile group? in america and yeah i i think that that might be also what he's he's trying to explore because like as minority communities get i don't know left behind is a weird term um 
But like, okay, so like, let's, let's, let's blast this into a completely new domain. Like, who are we sending to Mars <laughs> to colonize? Like, who is going to be able to pay themselves onto the SpaceX uh, expedition or whatever? I, you know, I just... I don't know. I don't know either, <laughs> yeah, and I don't, I don't know, know if I'm really... Your point is people yeah. with resources. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and you know, um, but like, is that a bad thing? Like, is there a problem with with folks who can choosing to live elsewhere and to go to different communities? Like, I get that there's that there's maybe you could describe them as like externalities, Mm -hmm. um, which might not even really be fully correct, but like. You know, there's there's consequences and, and some people are happy with them and some people are not. But I don't know if it's like inherently a a problem. You know, I mean, people have been. We we tend to humans tend to have this. We want to have this static view. Of our communities, of nature, of climate, of you name it. And the reality is, is all of these things are dynamic and constantly changing and constantly mm. evolving. And and I don't think we have nearly as much control over them as we like to think that we do. And I it breaks my heart. I don't want Bozeman to change. I think it's great. I wish mm-hmm. I could zap it and keep it <laughs> as it is or even reverse time and by 20 years and zap it then <laughs> yeah. and keep it like that so I can experience it. But the, but like that isn't an option. Right. You know, and like and and I and I don't think it's e- I don't even think that's a bad thing. Like I might not enjoy it, but mm-hmm. that's but it's just a reality that I right. think people it, have to accept. It's just a reality, and so you've got Bozeman or Montana in general is a beautiful, incredibly desirable place to be in comparison to a lot of the United States. Mm-hmm. People want to come here, so if people want to come here and they are coming here in mass amounts of people. You have to then consider, okay, if you don't want this to happen, then what what does that involve? Like I don't think there's any means of barring barring people's mobility. Yeah, what's the answer? Do we bar oh, white yeah. people over a certain income threshold from moving here? You know what I mean? Like right. uh, that's no, not it's a real absolutely solution, not. right? <laughs> you know, do we subsidize certain demographics to be able to move to different communities? That well, doesn't mm-hmm. make any sense either. So right. like, I, so I don't know. I, I, and I saw that meme and I kind of, or it wasn't even a meme. It was a story post and like a long rant. And I, and I kind of just thought like, how fucking entitled are you to think that you somehow have a claim over this place, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, and like, yes, there's definitely an argument to be made. And it, I mean, it's not even an argument to be made. It's a reality that like white settlers moved here and displaced like the native American tribes that, once ruled you know dominated this landscape but those but they were also different fractions and different tribes that that warred over territory and were nomadic and so like again where do you draw the line like who officially had rights to this that's true yeah the lines literally get drawn after a treaty is reached after a war right like (laughs) that's how we do this you know so it's like so it's just I think it's a bit naive and foolish. Yeah, to, to and I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think I has disagree it, with you. I don't know. I, hmm. 
I hear a little bit of what he's saying, but maybe the more, I mean, it was obvious that I was stumbling myself through that. Like, the more you say it out loud, the more, I mean, you're, you're bringing up great points. It's like, yeah, I mean, like, I don't, I don't know if there is a fix for it or even if there's something that needs fixing. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's one of the, just those, like, potentially slightly uncomfortable realities of life, but we have to just accept and move on. Right. You know? uh, and so, I mean, to shift this more towards w- the fact that we know that Bozeman's going to be growing, and I mean, Bozeman Billings has been growing as well. They, I think, have a little bit better infrastructure overall um, than Bozeman does, but Bozeman's going to grow. So we can fumble about and ignore that and try to restrict things and make it difficult, or we can say, all right, no, we're going to promote condensed building for affordable housing. You know, we do want Bozeman to have some sort of aesthetic, so let's try and get resources out there or encourage people to build in a certain style so it keeps a nice aesthetic, if you want to call it <laughs> such, um, and start, you know, really working mm. on infrastructure and building yeah. new roads and kind of prepping it so that when it does grow, it's a great city. Or you can fight against it and then just destroy yeah. what's happening. What's the industry that Bozeman is known for or like built around already? Like what what's what are the sectors that are growing? I literally don't know. There's like not any industry in Bozeman. Definitely real estate and residential building yes <laughs> but, there's there's quite a few there's like a lot there's quite a few tech companies but yeah it is actually becoming a tech hub yeah there's there's some biomedical stuff sure. around mm-hmm. some research stuff yeah um there's an oracle because i mean that's what puts like job industry oracle. is what puts billings on the map in montana like we have three refineries within like 20 miles right, right exactly here. and and laurel has the yeah. largest like train yard in the state mm-hmm yeah, it's definitely not that kind of industry here. It's just, I mean, there's a ton of money here. It's a ton of trust fund babies. Oh, yeah. It's with their a, Mercedes yeah. outdoor adventure vans. Did, did I, maybe I mentioned this on the, uh, on the podcast, but it was like a... They can drive up it was and a, look at wildlife from inside their Mercedes. Oh, man, it was some somebody in a... I don't know if it was like a Mercedes G-Wagon or just like a really souped up Rubicon, but it had a bumper sticker on it. That, like, literally said, uh, paid by mommy and daddy or something. Fucking wow. yikes. Like, wait, like, you're oof. proud of that? I mean, wow. Oof. I don't like a Jeep that's, like, my, that's all souped up, but it's obvious it's never touched a dirt road in its fucking life. I hate um, Jeeps like that. Oh, my gosh. My... My dad always laughs about the the like Toyota Tacomas that are like you know fifty grand or something, yeah. and they have like the what's the like basically the, the snorkel oxygen like yeah. spout so they can Fuck. the snorkel, snorkel yeah. yeah yeah you know. And my dad's always like, really, you're gonna submerge your like sixty thousand dollar truck into a river? Like, no, you're not. Like, you're driving around well, San Jose. Like, look, screw. Fuck I off. would a hundred percent put a snorkel on a vehicle because it does look really cool, and you get oh, some. God. No, 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 and you get some really minor performance benefits. But the fact you is, really? the where the intake is on modern vehicles is so high up in the engine box 
It doesn't even matter. If you're that you're deep in water, anyway. you've you lost bigger traction. <laughs> However, I do know I do know a lot That's of funny. <laughs> there are a lot of farmers yeah. that run them on trucks because uh, it moves your your air intake higher, and so if you're on a lot of like dirt roads and stuff, mm. cuts down on a need for placing filters. Yeah. All right. Well. <laughs> but yeah. Well, I have a. Um, hey, if you live in L.A. and you've got like an overland rig. <laughs> Don't come here. Poser. <laughs> no, I have a, a very small solution. Mm-hmm. I had an idea for a bumper sticker mm. and I just, I paid to have like 50 made and they oh. just got delivered today. No way. Okay. Henning, okay. I'll mail you one and Torn, I'll bring you one. It just says Montana sucks, period. That's the whole concept. That's the whole concept. Oh, okay. So you're, <laughs> you're around, doing the thing. Discourage people yeah, from moving here. Yeah, you're doing the thing here. where people see your bumper stick and they're like, oh, do they really believe that? Maybe it does suck. Maybe I leave. Wasn't that the whole campaign between behind like the famous green get lost Montana stickers as well? Like it had two meanings. It was like get lost in the wilderness. Two and meanings. Also, like, I think so, yeah. I never perceived it as the yeah. like get out of here. I was just like, oh yeah, get I always lost thought it in meant Montana. like go get lost and yeah. love the place. And I, I, I always read but it as you're like, right. You could totally fuck off. We don't want you here. Get lost. <laughs> <laughs> that's because you're a local. Oh my gosh, that's funny. oh man. I was born yeah. here. And I didn't even. I'm hoping. It that way. I'm hoping Montana sucks takes off. It's also from my perspective. I love Primus, and like Primus sucks is sort of like mm. an inside joke for go hand them out. Like go give them to the crystal. They'll probably stick it on the freezer. Actually, it's a good idea. Molly Brown, yeah, the Hoff Brown, yeah. They'll stick them up on the beer freezers. I bet. Mm -hmm. Like it could help a little. little. That's your contribution. (laughs) (laughs) Anti gentrification. Uh, Montana sucks. I want, even though I'm not anti, but I just also am. I mean, honestly, it's an issue I'm torn on. Like, I don't want it to change, but I recognize that it's going to yeah we can't stop it now if more people instead of just buying houses here for vacation houses and kind of as a refuge they were actually up and leaving their state and doing more like we're moving our business elsewhere i'd be way more into that um a couple companies have done that in recent years um i think that will eventually start to happen and my understanding is is that like Elon our new Musk. governor wants like, that why to don't happen. We build Tesla's so, yeah, money. totally. Right, I think our I think Giaforte wants to attract yeah more Which business I think is great. to migrate here. I mean, again, it's like, well, if we're gonna if we're gonna have more people here and the cost of living is gonna go up, yeah. then like we need wages to go up. So we definitely need industry right. and we need more jobs. You, and I, instead of just raising wages, I like the idea of. Oh, that's what I mean. Well, but just also offering more interesting. Yeah, you're just creating more wages by industry yeah. that, that can afford that can to afford pay. To yeah, pay. yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. More intensive jobs. Do you guys that, see yeah, the yeah. the big land deal? It was like 44 acres outside of Hamilton for the new pharmaceutical like vaccine production facility. Mm. No. Yeah, the company is called Tonics. T O N I C or T O N I X. It's a yeah. It's a apparently a. Mm pretty big Classic. uh pharmaceutical company that's going to be working on basically developing vaccines for like variants of covid as they come out but then they have long term plans for working on other vaccine 
projects and stuff. Mm, see, that's cool. They're gonna have they're gonna Dude, have doctors, gonna blow up researchers. Uh, they're gonna have lab Ooh. techs. They're gonna have probably chemical engineers if they're doing producing. Maybe you should buy a rental property in Hamilton. Uh, it's totally. pretty close to Missoula. It totally is. It wouldn't be bad. Hamilton's got the big class four, um, research facility where they have all the nasty. I mean, they, I mean, I'm pretty sure they've got Ebola there. They've got. Oh. All the virals. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Perfect. Hopefully they have better operating mm-hmm. procedures than yeah. the Wuhan yeah. lab. <laughs> I'm sure they do. Oh my goodness. Well, speaking real quick of wage increases, mm-hmm. I wanted to mention this earlier, but since you kind of that was sort of a nice segue, kind of. Three companies, Amazon. Actually, four companies, Amazon, Walmart, and Target are all adopting $15 mm-hmm. minimum I wage. I Costco's going to Advertising 16. for it. And Costco's like going crazy. to 16 crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's a really nice example of how when a business can afford it and they think that their, label, their labor is productive mm-hmm. enough to demand that wage. It happens, and we don't need government yes. intervention. The now, other side, I much prefer that. Compl- of course, the other side of the coin, though, which is interesting, is Amazon has been lobbying the government for a federal fifteen dollars yep. minimum wage, and one can only conclude that they've been doing this because they know that they can afford yep. that, and, and their competitors, competitors cannot. cannot. Yes. So that if 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 major industry or or not industry but major companies like this can afford to pay their employees that much which they're signaling that they can because they're doing it Mm -hmm. and the federal government still goes through with this it's pretty much guaranteed to completely like screw medium and small size businesses Mm -hmm. yeah just price them out yeah because they're advertising like crazy like i'm hearing spots for walmart and amazon like on podcasts in ad spots and literally the whole ad is just oh really mm -hmm. We're That's raising wild. our minimum wage across the company to 15, and we think the government should do it too, is basically <laughs> what they're saying. And like, right. I can't help but hear oh. Amazon do that and also be like, okay, so you're going to raise your workers' wage to 15, which is great. Again, yeah, if you can afford that, and if you can justify that, and you think the people that work for you, especially as Amazon continues to automate, wink, wink, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I also just wonder, like, how, (laughs) like, just wait for $15 to be passed, if it is, and then Amazon just goes and, like, hikes the price on your Prime subscription, or... Well, that is the other thing that will happen. (laughs) A lot of the, the, if the, the labor, either, that's what happens. When the cost of labor goes up, either people don't actually, they don't get hired, they don't work as much, or the incurred costs are passed on to the consumer. Like, it... Somebody has yep. to pay for yep. that. And so, uh, you know, it's and- true. And I think people think like, oh, Amazon's this multi-billion dollar company and they can obviously afford it. They have the billions of dollars that they're reinvesting in their company. They have their stockholders that they, you know, tend to. They have future future business ventures and nothing is going to stop the amount of money that they went to put into that they're not going to start taking resources out of you know blue oracle or whatever developing space travel through amazon Mm -hmm. they're going to keep 
reinvesting into themselves. So they're not just going to cut away from that. They're mm-hmm. just going to increase their prices right? instead of take a cut. So like on paper, yeah, they can afford to do that, but they're not just going to stop investing. Right. In yeah. Business. They've reached right. that critical like that. mass. And they shouldn't. Which they shouldn't. Totally. But, but, right. And I think Henning's point about the automation, like, yeah, they probably will increase the mm-hmm. wages they say they're going to for their employees but if at the same time they're slashing jobs because they're automating they'll probably end up saving mm-hmm. money yeah. you know and like and again i think that's just like an economic reality but the government intervening and mandating a wage that's completely unsustainable in different communities and i mean that that will just hurt low-income individuals low-skilled workers and and small business owners I've been uh I've been listening to a lot of country music this last week. Mm. Kind of stoked on it. Got to go dancing last week. <laughs> I was like, man, I forgot how much life dancing gives you. So gives um, you gives Day. you gives yeah gives me yeah. gives me life gives me makes me happy. But listen to some some old country and a song came on and it was I don't remember who it was some old country star and he's singing about all of like the, the non mentioned work heroes he's talking about firefighters and waiters and the people behind the cash register and then he starts singing about like the michigan car manufacturers like the, the linesmen oh my. and then there was like a line in the song that was something along the lines of like your value can never be like automated away or something no Oof. kidding <laughs> this had to be a old old song and was, I was it like, merle haggard or something? i have no idea but i was like <laughs> If you if well, you only well, fast <laughs> forward to twenty twenty one, yeah right. Oh man! The only cars that are all meticulously handmade are the expensive supercars. Well, so where does this leave us? Don't get angry when your community's changing. Don't resent the people moving into your community just because they're from somewhere else. Find opportunity in the changes coming into your communities, and maybe go get a job for. Uh... Walmart or Target because they're they're paying they're paying yeah, well these days. So. Yeah, or Costco. <laughs> like for real, actually, <laughs> good good benefit packages. Yeah, that's what I heard. I've always lusted over UPS. <laughs> for real, good, I've heard good things. Yeah, <laughs> way to say that. They'll pay Less for your continued it. education. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I worked at this like incredibly dysfunctional think tank in East <laughs> in East Oakland, oh, yeah. like in. Like a very sketchy, like industrial, like we used to find burner cars destroyed in our parking mm-hmm. lot and like condoms and Whoa. needles. And anyway, and across from us was a UPS distri- distribution center. And sometimes I'd be sitting in my office and I'd look out the window and I'd be like, should I just like walk across the street and be like, can you hire me, please? <laughs> I don't want to work here anymore. I never did. though. That would be a pretty sweet job. I think I could probably be a trucker. <laughs> Until that's automated, mm. <laughs> I think I could probably. I think yeah, I could probably make trucking life you can get work it now. for me. Have you ever seen the movie Trucks? Though no, we should all be afraid of automation. I encourage both of you <laughs> and anyone listening to go watch. I believe I want to say it's like a mid nineteen eighties, mm. maybe late horror film called Trucks. Okay, okay, and it's great. Okay. And basically, you never really understand the the plot isn't really that well uh, communicated, mm-hmm. but these trucks are possessed and they turn on people mm. and it gets real they turn bloody and people. ugly. Oh, they turn on oh, people. Oh, yeah. I- 
pulls up. <laughs> hey, baby. <laughs> no, no. no. <laughs> oh, Mr. Semi, you're making me blush. <laughs> I heard that the wrong way. <laughs> All right. No, not okay. Quite. I have a movie to watch. It, and uh, to be honest, either way it goes, I'm into it. It sounds fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's great. There, there's a scene where a, a to- oh. even the toy trucks, trucks of any of any size, cheap, okay. <laughs> are possessed. This toy truck kills. He like curb stomps this oh man. <laughs> it's like the craziest thing you've ever oh seen. Holy it's great. Moly. It's a really great movie. All right, Everyone well, should watch it. Cheers to okay. killer trucks. Except, and <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, why? Why the heck not? Cheers to killer cheers. trucks. Thank you for joining us on The Whiskey Bench. If you would do us a favor, please tell a friend about the show in person, with a text, or by sharing about it on social media. You can join us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Pinterest, all at Whiskey Bench Pod. And don't forget to subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Remember, always drink responsibly, and cheers to a fulfilled life with all its beauty. Thank you.